People ask me often, what's the moon made of? Well, interestingly, the moon is a child of Earth, so it's made a lot of what Earth is made of. Everybody knows the moon is made of cheese. It is one of the world's greatest mysteries, Scotland's legendary Loch Ness Monster. So does the lake creature actually exist? Well, if you ask one man, he'll tell you it is in fact no myth. It's a puppy! Hello and uh, welcome to Don't Break the Oath podcast. How the devil are you all? Yeah, thank you very much for joining us today. Thank you very much. Uh, please subscribe if you haven't already. Uh, leave an Apple podcast review now. That's yes. what it's called, whatever reason. That's all changed. But yeah, thank you very much for joining us today. Now, today we will be talking mainly about some ghost stories. Yeah. Uh, we've got... Um, a the ghost, Cage. The Cage, which is like a medieval... You call a prison, but it's more of a holding cell. Yeah, holding um, cell or holding centre. Back in the medieval times, were meant to have held uh, witches and that kind of stuff. Also, uh, the people apparently people uh, had the plague and they just left to die there. So yeah, so it's there's got quite a few bit of a checkered uh, history. Bit of a checkered. Uh, yeah, there's a little clippy, little clip here that we can play of the present owner talking about uh, what's Which going Vanessa? on there time as well. My, my flatmate Nicole at the time, she lived with me for the first year there, she'd also seen things and it was when that she left and then I started getting quiet, you know, it's like, oh no, I'm on my own and you, you kind of don't mind if there's someone there, Nicole, did you see that? But it's when you're on your own, it got so really you bad. you actually got used to the ghosts is what you're saying, you got used to them yeah, being around you. What, what, what became, what was the point that then made you say I can't live here anymore? One day I was doing the ironing downstairs and my son Jesse was only about four or five months old, he was upstairs and then I was downstairs in the cage which is the prison room and his toys started going off and I thought oh here we, you know, here we go again and I thought anyway ignore it, ignore it, don't pat, you know, because sometimes you do get an, an instant fear, sometimes in there it was kind of okay because it comes with a feeling, whether it, it's hard to explain and then it was a bit of a, you know, I felt quite panicky, the toy. Anyway, I went upstairs with the, um, with the ironing and I saw a man standing at the top of the stairs right next to Jesse's cot. And I thought that that was one of the last things, to be honest. Because he was near your baby? Yeah, and he had modern day clothes on. He wasn't, when I'd seen Jack in there, he, he had was old fashioned. She was a burglar or something? No, Amen, he, he, he was, was definitely, he, he wasn't there. He was, he was a ghost. Dr. He, he was definitely ghost. wasn't a Dr. human Karen. person. So that's that. So, and then my story is going to be about how the Russians tried to tame poltergeists in order, uh, espionage reasons, yeah. really. Uh, but before we do that, she wanted a little bit of housekeeping before the paranormal news. Just to say that we had a review from Smokey424, basically saying that we didn't argue a toss with um, Santos? Santos about the flat earth, which, yeah, I take his point on board, but the um, the problem is, we, obviously, we can't just um, lambast the, 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 the guest because the that's no. not going to work. And the, we don't the, do that. The problem with the flat earth thing is I asked him a question, but fully expecting people to already know where I stand on the issue, which, you know, because we've done a show on it, I don't agree with it. Yeah. But um, obviously, for whatever reason, Smokey didn't know that, so he's assumed that I've just agreed with him. But I didn't agree. We just agreed to disagree, because we don't go around in 10-minute you know, ten minute circle just going on, because it's not going to change his mind. At the no, end of course day, we're not, so. no. But um, that being said, uh, we also had a review in America where it said that we weren't sceptical enough. But again, you know, we could talk We could talk for, <laughs> we could ten, yeah, for ages, 10 minutes on every UFO case, it being Venus or a or a weather balloon, swamp gas, whatever. Well, there's no point doing that. Nope. We just have to assume that, you know, from from the story standpoint, we just have to assume that it's not one of those things, and we'll just go yeah. along with the story. We just uh, um, we just let the guest come on. We give the guest a platform to speak, yeah. and then we just, you know, yeah. 
let them speak. That's and then it, yeah. If it, you know, it's really up to the listener at to, the end of the day to yeah, go and to research. Agree or disagree, yeah. And you to, yeah. Yeah. But if we, to like I say, if there's, if, themselves. if there's a story we cover and we don't agree with it, uh, then we'll generally point that out. I mean, today's photographs I don't agree with, but, uh, mm. that, you know. Definitely not a goat. So, um, <laughs> yeah, definitely well, not a goat. Yeah. So, that being said, uh, but again, if you've got a question for yeah. us regarding that, or you want me to, you know, to do something in the future differently, then just email me or you know, yep. message me on Facebook. It's not a problem. Just go to the Don't Break the Oath Paranormal Hangout. And I'm there. Lisa Solway on there. Just yep. know, message me or message Andy. So not a problem. Um, so that being said, let's do the paranormal news and then we'll get into the show. Let's do it. Welcome to another installment of the Paranormal News, broadcasting to you from places unknown, bringing you the top three paranormal headlines of the week. Five, four, three, two, one. Three. Is this the most haunted house in Britain? Ghost hunters hear voices and slamming doors and even sustained scratches during 100 terrifying hours in an ordinary looking Yorkshire semi. Hardened paranormal experts were left terrified after spending 100 hours locked in what thought to be one of the most haunted houses in Britain. Nick Groff and his co-host Katrina Weedman visited the Black Monk House in Pontefract in Yorkshire to track down the infamous ghost thought to be behind a series of unexplained occurrences in the 1960s. Strange things started to happen once they were locked inside. Nick was awoken in the middle of the night by a door that apparently slammed shut by itself and Katrina even claimed to have been scratched by a violent ghost. Using high-tech cameras and specialist paranormal equipment, they picked up evidence of apparitions and voices, including the spirit they said spoke to them in a foreign language. Nick said he was called to Yorkshire by a ghost that was haunting him back at home in the US. He had recorded audio of a spiritual being being whispering Pontefract and said he believed he would never have peace until he visit, visited the infamous haunted house. The home stands on an old battleground, meaning it was effectively built on a burial site for slain soldiers. That makes some sense. Speaking exclusively to uh, Femmeo, the investigator said he was terrified by the experience and called the ordinary-looking Yorkshire Semi one of the scariest places he'd investigated in his decade-long career. From the Daily Star, aliens have arrived. Footage of gigantic glowing UFO sparks fear of Armageddon. Because I get one of these a week. Okay, so it says the footage taken by terrified onlookers in Siberia's northern Russia, of Siberia, northern Russia, shows a mysterious glowing ball of a light illuminating the night sky. Vasily Zukov thought, and this is a quote, thought it was the end of the world. He thought it was the end of the world. After capturing the baffling sight, he said how, after seeing the glowing ball, he went home to find local children, as young as five, talking about aliens and the portal to another dimension. Five-year-olds talking about that in Russia is pretty open. Another cameraman, Alexei Yakolov, witnessed the phenomenon some 520 miles away from Vasily and admitted feeling scared. 
Gradually, the ball began to expand, and it became clear that it was not some radiance and became scary, he told the Siberian Times. Uh, people offered their views online on what the sighting was, one suggesting it was a gap in space-time continuum, and another simply adding, aliens have arrived. However, there may be more realistic reason for the sighting. Vladimir Putin fired a nuclear-capable ICBM along with three other missiles last night. From a mobile launcher, it was successfully aimed at Kuruk testing range in Kamkatcha Kamkatcha. on the country's Pacific coast. It is thought the trace of the ICBM rocket, the Topol-M, is caused is what caused the incredible light show over Russia. Ah, right. So that's the, uh, that's the explanation. One. Shocking footage captures Indian women writhing in pain as they're whipped by priests in a bizarre ritual to cure them of evil spirits. Wait for me. Yeah, well, yeah, it was tens of months, I suppose. Footage is from the annual festival at the ancient Akapan Temple in Trichy. It shows 2,000 women queuing for five hours to be lashed on the floor by a priest. Ooh. Oh, whatever. Many wince and uh, rhythm pain as their family members uh, watching shock. Shocking footage has captured Indian women being whipped during a bizarre ritual to free them of evil spirits. Every year, some 2,000 girls queue for five hours. Right? It's not like a theme park. It's not like a theme park feel here. Uh, to be lashed at the ancient Akapan Temple in Trichy in South India. When it's their turn, the girls kneel on the ground to be ferociously flogged by a priest. One school uh, girl, Vishkara, who was made to sit in a queue by her parents, said, My parents think I'm possessed because I show no interest in my studies. Now my friends will laugh at me when they see the whip marks I'll get after attending a festival to cure mental disorders, cried the young girl. Other teenage girls were brought by their parents for either not attaining puberty or having irregular periods. Uh, this is one of the priests who administered the whipping during a festival in South India. I've got pictures, we'll put them on the hangar, whatever. Uh, some teenage girls were brought by their parents for having not, say, attaining puberty or having periods. A priest insisted the whipping was not a crime. He said, It is a belief of devotees and the practice is an ancient tradition we cannot alter. Some elderly uh, women agree with the priest and believe the whipping will cure them. One 60-year-old said, A lash here cures all the ills, physical or mental. I have been receiving lashes at the temple for for the past decade, and I have been cured of my illness. It's not working for anything. I have immense faith in the lashing. Right, so we've got a couple of ghost stories for you today. Um, Do you want to take it away with the cage? I'm going to. The cage. uh, This is the cage. It's a very, very, very good story. These are statements and stories from the a paranormal investigator called John Fraser. So I'm going to read, you know, the, the story of the cage, and also there'll be some statements from paranormal paranormal investigators inside the house and what they experienced. Okay, right. The cage or number fourteen Colchester Road, to give its street name, is in Saint. Osyth, a historic village in Essex. It was not a prison as such, but a local holding cell, which was used to hold prisoners until they could be presented to the magistrates. Uh, 
or in such cases as drunks let out when they were sobered up or whatever. It's actually, it wasn't a prison, it was a holding centre. Uh, they were common before the days of a kind of like fast transportation. They just they were just put in there, you know, then wait for the case to come up, took out magistrates and whatever. And sent to Australia. Or, yeah. yeah, whatever. Or, or then try and execute yeah. or whatever. Right, the cage was uh, used in that capacity between uh, the 16th century and 1908. It was uh, famously used in 1582 for the incarceration of the of the accused witch, Ursula Kemp. Now, Ursula Kemp, uh, we're, do, we're going to do a show on this, aren't we? We're do yeah, a, we're going to do a show on witches, and she's going to feature, but I mean... Yeah, I, I, I just want to, uh, brief, our listeners, just to give a brief um, uh, account of this Ursula Kemp. Um, uh, like many women of that time, she made a humble living through attending births. Uh, wet nursing babies and treating the sick with herbal potions and lotions. Unfortunately, when Ursula's services were rejected by a pregnant neighbour in a favour of another midwife, she exchanged such harsh words with the mother to be that when the young baby went on to die by allegedly falling from its cradle, it was suspected a curse had been placed on the infant. After that, villagers began to suspect that uh, Ursula could treat or induce sickness and lameness at will, and she soon became a prime target for the witch hunter, landowner, and magistrate Brian Darcy. Yeah. So I'll say that's a kind of a um, you know just a, a brief um, on this Ursula, but I'm looking forward to when we do the full show on her. Yeah. So anyway, right, we're going to carry on with uh, because that's one of the. The, the haunt, one. That's one of the this uh, particular house. One of the entities that's meant to be allegedly haunting it is is a witch. Yeah, in it. and so also her associates, yeah. which was you know she was with uh, other a witches as well. Yeah, oh, there's definitely so. right. Um, right, the uh, these phenomena included apparitions, poltergeist style activity, such as sudden movement of coke cans and sugar sachets of all things being thrown from one side of the kitchen and hitting Vanessa's cousin on the head when she was in the house alone. It even included one incident of blood apparently spontaneously appearing on the floor. Uh, Mrs. Mitchell Mrs. Mitchell initially had friends in the house who experienced much of the phenomena as well, but when her friends moved out, she, she found out she could not stay there with a young child. Her decision to leave was confirmed by an incident when she saw an apparition of a man standing over her child's cot. Since that time, the house has been hired out to paranormal investigation groups who have also experienced strange phenomena of various types. Right, so I'm going to give you a few uh, reports of you know, what, what's happened in the house by these investigators. Right, uh, there's been footsteps on the staircase, okay? Uh, the latched bedroom doors suddenly jolted open without explanation. A number of cases of possible poltergeist scratches, people being scratched or poked, Without explanation, leaving unexplained marks on their skin. There have been five such incidents reported to date, including three of which we have pictorial evidence. Uh, a number of cases of uncontrollable fear or rage in some instances, not unlike what is can be described as possession. Mm-hmm. So, while they are clearly subjective in themselves, they do not bear a distinct similarity to each other and seem to go far beyond the normal nervousness of staying in a haunted house one experienced investigator reported for example i began to feel as if my legs would not carry me anymore i bumped into the wall 
into the door and just could not stand still. At one point, I suddenly felt a strong hatred towards a member of his team. So obviously, some kind of it is coming closer to him and trying to put Well, that happens in a lot of emotions. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, There's uh, another investigator quoted, I don't recall much, but I can't... But Sorry. I, I don't recall much, but I remember standing in the courtyard. Then I broke down. I started to cry uncontrollably. Another, again, he believed he would become possessed in some kind of way. Another stated that he felt suicidal after a visit, while there were other examples of people simply breaking down into tears. The similarity of these events to each other, which, when analysed, made me think they were valid to include, which caused these reactions, of course, remains open to debate. Um, The investigation is still going on today. It's still going on today. Um... So anyway, when Mrs. Mitchell moved out, she initially put the premises up for rent. Neither set of tenants stayed long, and at least one of the tenants reported numerous incidents to Mrs. Mitchell. In both these cases, it has not been possible yet to talk to the witnesses firsthand, and I am fully aware how much that would strengthen this case. Obviously, some people are not going to come forward and give their statements. Uh, Right. Since opening up to the paranormal investigators and receiving media attention in 2012, the cage has been investigated a number of times. Uh, There's mediums gone in, there's been equipment's been going in. Um, You know, it's just a very, very active place. Um, Again... I'll just read this bit. 14 Colchester Road is fairly is a fairly two uh, small two up two down semi detached house, um, and as I said it's from the it dates back from the 18th century. Uh, it actually stands next to a very pleasant public house and is in a well used street. Um, I have investigated underground prisons and ruined cottages surrounded only by wilderness and peat bogs. I can say quite frankly there is nothing about the cage that would prepare anyone for the strange effects so many have found when they dare to walk inside its doors. So that's um, obviously kind of a description of the house. Mm-hmm. Now, I'd like to talk about uh, the lady who owns it now. Right, this lady. Right. Uh, Vanessa Mitchell, 43, from St. Osyth, Essex, was unaware um, that the cottage known as the cage was haunted when she moved in there in 2004. She was aware. She wasn't aware. No. She was unaware. Hmm. She didn't know. Right? Since then, uh, claims uh, she claims to have numerously ghostly figures have pushed her over while heavily pregnant and smacked her on the bottom. Uh, I'm going to put these uh, photos on the, on the Hangout and let people to have a, have a look at these because, again, it's the quite the crap freaky. They're very freaky. She even claims to have seen blood splatters appear on the floor. However, the nail in the coffin came for her when a CCTV camera picked up the image of what she claims was a satanic goat roaming the premises. (laughs) Vanessa, who works in sales, said, This face spotted on the picture and CCTV footage is a spitting image of a satanic devil. I honestly believe the house is cursed. I have lived there for years, but for me seeing a tall dark figure standing between me and my son's cot was a final straw for me. Footage from the past couple of weeks shows a satanic goat 
which reaffirms that the place is haunted by something malevolent. There's something evil there in there, she says. Something demonic. Whatever is that's keeping the other spirits trapped inside. When Vanessa first bought the cage for 148000 in 2004, she, f she was unaware of its haunted history. The property, which was formerly a medieval prison, hosted one of England's most famous witch hunts in which eight women died. Again, we talked about the uh, Ursula, but that'll be for another show. She has kept it for 11 years, making her its second longest owner, with previous buyers selling the property in under four years. Mm. So, you would have thought, though, you know, obviously, they'd have to kind of tell people that well, it's do. haunted by, by law. Yeah. By law, so obviously, in, in they this, haven't. In, you know. in England, it's, uh, it's a stipulation that if you're going to sell a house, you believe mm. or you know to be haunted, you do have to tell. And if um, the new owners find out it, that it is haunted, they can... Uh, take the money back, yeah. Oh, right, okay. Well, obviously, someone told her. So she alleges, anyway. Well, right, she continued. Uh, I have seen more than I could ha uh, have imagined over the years in the cage, from being attacked while I was pregnant to being smacked on the backside. I was never warned about the paranormal activity in the house when I bought it, and I think I was drawn to it to, to try to help the house. The house has always been constantly up for sale before I bought it. It's a lovely house in, in a perfect location in a nice quaint village. But what's in the house makes people move as in, as in a little six months. A couple of hundred years ago, one man bought the cave for 150 quid and sold it for 50 quid. Shortly after just getting rid of it. Mm -hmm. I'm selling the house now because the house is getting worse. We're catching evidence all the time of the tortured spirits inside. I've had every medium, psychic and investigator there is in to try and get rid of what's in there. One of the most shocking incidents to allegedly happen to her when she was when she she felt she was being pushed over when eight months pregnant with her son Jess, who is now eight years old. She said it was absolutely terrifying. I just remember feeling the force of something had pushed me and falling on my side. When I was on the floor I just lay there in shock. Uh, another incident happened while I was brushing my teeth. Something gave me a hard smack on my backside when there was just me in the house. It wasn't a tap, it was a full-blown whack. It was such a vicious act and there wasn't a person in sight. While, while I had company with me in the house, I felt safe, but when I was left on my own, I couldn't stand it. I never wanted to go home. It was truly ruling my life. Some nights I was so scared that I'd sleep with my head under the bed sheets and all the bedroom lights on. Since then she's been researching history of the former prison and found out about plague victims uh, sent there to die along with modern day suicides in the house. Hmm. While the house is still for sale she's continuing to look into its troubled history into the hope of discovering why it's been so active and why the spirits communicate with living centuries on. I think them, uh, some people might link the suicides with the depression in the house. Possible, you know yeah. What I mean? Because yeah. obviously... Well, then you've got people with the plague. Slow death, isn't it? Well, so obviously it's... Uh, well, it's there's got... obviously a lot of... De like, oh, definitely, yeah. There the must be a lot of residual there as well, which mm. is housed in a house anyway. So it needs clearing, basically. Right, uh, Vanessa continued, uh, It's very rarely that I go back to the house. I never go back on my own. I try not to step foot into the house. I know what's in there and don't want to go in because whatever is there recognises me. 
I've had the best paranormal investigators, the best psychics, the best mediums trying to help the trapped souls in the house, but it's never worked. I don't think anyone can change it, but I've had enough of its spooky residence and the recent devil goat picture has led me finally to put it back onto the market. Okay. So this is the cage. What do you make of that picture? Because I'm not convinced. It looks really freaky, mate. It, um, I mean, it does look like... I mean, if someone says it, it looks... Look, to me, it... looks like a, an alien. It's not a goat. I mean, you you know... it. It's definitely a shadow person, a shadow creature. Uh, but to me, it's it's not a... You know, it's... I don't know where you, you, you to me I'm going paradox. I'd say alien more because it doesn't I can't see a goat in it, you know. Yeah. Now no, if you I, saw the creature yeah, it's no. like that kind of hoof club, yeah, yeah. then no, you I, say, Well, okay, it's kind of some again, kind of I, some people might be familiar with this photo, but we'll put it up on the hangout. Yeah, so and see can, what the the listeners think of this photo because uh, for me, this is actually from CCT. It just uh, looks like a wall. footage. And Paradolia's taken over and it's making it look like a face, but it's only half a face, isn't it? Yeah. So there's a couple of bit, I'd say a bit there. But uh, like all the all the personal you know experiences from that, uh, you know the, the the people that I've investigated and what she's saying and that obviously I, you know, I can't rule any of that out. So, I mean the vest, the the, uh, the psychic investigators uh, have gone in and they felt like you know some of them felt just to, to cry mm. you know so they're they're picking up the emotions from the house they're maybe picking emotions up from the spirits of the house who are maybe still trapped in there anyway. There's definitely some trapped still there. Uh, I, I reckon half is residual, maybe half the half is uh, uh, maybe. It's, it sounds a, a kind of a mix of creatures, don't it? Um, and, and and Vanessa has said she's she's got the best psychics, the best mediums, you know, to go in the house and clear the house. Mm-hmm. And it's been it's not worked. It. Hasn't worked. Very strange. But again, you know, the photographs they're not convincing me. I mean, I'm looking at these now and. I mean, they like goats too, Lee. I mean, I... Like aliens. Yeah, kind of. I mean, yeah. obviously, you know, if it's uh, if it's true and obviously people from the plague, well, you know, I don't they got what... sent to that place to die. Exactly I mean, they, they would have been maybe kind you know, of... What, what she's filming, I'd like to see the video because it looks just like a wall, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean, this is... And then obviously it's just picking out a face from the wall, so... Yeah, so I, I would, I you know, I would love to, uh, well, both of us to go maybe one day and have a check this place out. If we, did, you know, if, if we ever got a chance one day, I, I'd love to go. You know, spend the night in the cage. Uh, I, I'd be like a goodie in a, uh, I'd be like, a, I'd be, I'd be like a kitty in a goodie shop, mate. <laughs> yeah, I would be. I'd be. I'd just be, you know. Well, I'm sure I can arrange that for you. Yeah, for so, Christmas present, Lee. Yeah, okay. so um, yeah, maybe my Christmas present, mate. You can lock me. You can you can lock me in. I don't give a shit. I'm bothered, mate. So I was looking for a ghost story to do for today, and you know, I came across this story about how the Russians were looking at ghosts, and I mean, I was looking at a lot of uh, parapsychology, you know, during the Cold War for espionage purposes. This kind of thing. Yeah, there's been a load of experiments. But I was surprised to see just how far back it went, because. Obviously, during the Cold War, you know, late 1940s to the early um, 90s, yes, I can understand that they'd be looking at this for for espionage purposes, that kind of stuff. But their psychical research, if you will, goes way back to the 1920s. 
which surprised me, you know, because you don't see Russia as one of these sort of, um, uh, I don't want to say liberal, but you know, like these countries that might research this kind of stuff. Yeah. It almost seems like that, like because obviously later on Stalin did suppress some of this. Yeah, well, um, he had to, didn't he? But yeah, but the problem with that is that he he's, he's involved in a lot of these experiments. So I don't quite know. So I'm I'm sure he was maybe on one hand looking into it, but. You know, putting out on the other hand that he's not looking into it to to throw off the enemies kind yeah. of thing. And I think also to I think it was to suppress his people as well. That as well, yeah. yeah. But um, it's like the royal family. You know, they've got all their treasures and we've got nothing. Yeah, you know. But if you go they're back, better than us with, with the way they they're not. So. Yeah. Before I get into the ghost stuff, I mean, I'll just give sort of like an overview of the the. Um, psychic stuff that there was research and I mean it goes like I say it goes right back to the 20s I mean uh, starting in well, there's an experiment in uh, happens in August or oh, 20th of August 1922 and there's a guy called Bernard Bernardovich Kaczynski okay yep. and he was he was a scientist and he was he was really interested in uh, telepathy although he called it biological radio communications at the time because thing, you know tele- yeah but telepathy yeah. obviously wasn't yeah you know, want a word then. So that's what he used. That's what he was really studying. Now he heard about this guy, who was an animal trainer and tamer, and he had a real knack with animals. And it it was alleged that this guy was um, taming the animals via communication, right? Telepathy, uh, telepathy yeah. Right, okay. So he was, you know, it was obviously interesting. Now this guy was called uh, Jorov, and. He had been a performer in the circus. He was a trapeze artist, uh, as well as an animal tamer, this kind of stuff. Yep. So he was a bit of a showman. But some of the animals that he was... You know, he was even a clown at one stage. But he, some of the animals that he he trained in his years of uh, training animals were included animals um, like dogs, monkeys, ducks, geese, goats, guinea pigs, bears, and even lions. Right. So he had some knack, right? Mm. Now you get people who are horse whisperers, this kind of thing. Yeah. Now you know we don't assume that these people are communicating telepathy, but they do understand the animal uh, workings. You know, like yeah. more than we would. Like, you get the same with snake handlers, like Steve Irwin, and you know running yeah. out. In, you know, we got you got a lot of people who can go to a, a nest of, of uh, snakes and just go sleep with them. You know? Yeah, yeah. They just they just it's don't just... bite them, don't get bite bitten or anything. You know, it's it's, it's kind of a uh, it's oh, it's kind of a, a natural thing to these people sometimes, isn't it? Yeah, some people... You know, where people are, call them crackers or you're nuts. Yeah, you're it idiot. looks like people certainly... Some people are more prone to have this ability. Yeah. Um, and maybe... Well, later on, I mean, this Kaczynski, he says that this can be worked on. It's not, you know, it's not being born... You can work on it. Everyone can do this. It's yeah. not just like, you know, certain people. So he was pretty convinced. But anyway, he meets, he meets this guy, um, asks him about it, whether he'd be interested in his study, and he says, absolutely. He says, yeah, you can come and test me. So they do. And they apparently did, uh, in the research time, they did 1,300 experiments trying to communicate with dogs. Now, he even looked at stuff like um, he built a Faraday cage. Okay, so he, so this guy would be telling this dog to do things, and he's one of his dogs was called Mars. And he said, he asked him, he said, how do you communicate with Mars? He says, well, it's not really communication. He says, I look into his eyes. I look deep into his eyes, even in, past through his eyes, yep. into his soul, if you will. And then I put the message into his head through, you know, through without speaking. Yep. 
and the dog seems to understand. So he was interested how all that was happening. So he built a Faraday cage, put him inside the cage, made him ask the dog, and it didn't work. While he was inside the Faraday, they had to open the door for it to work. So there was, if you like, that was sort of proof to him that there was some communication between, you know, yep. through the ether, like. Um, now, I did a lot of experiments. One of the good ones with this dog called Mars, which was like, um, it was almost like a, by the looks of him, he was like some sort of German shepherdy type dog, which are pretty intelligent anyway. Yeah, yeah. Um, and he was able to do quite a lot of, um, you know, these communication, yep. uh, biological radio communications with him. One of them was to, uh, and he said it took a while for the dog to pick up what he was actually telling him to do. So it was in one room and down the cor- corridor and into another room, there was a tele- telephone book, okay? And he was communicating with the dog, go and get this telephone book. And the dog went in a room, had a look around, came back out, went into another room, had a look around, came back out, and he kept coming back in the room and he kept, you know, repeating this message in his mind. And eventually the dog just sat up, run down the corridor, run into the room, grabbed the telephone book in its mouth and came back and brought it to him. Now, that's more than coincidence, yeah? Oh, yeah. Uh, there was another one with. There's no such thing as coincidence. Well, that's all. There, there was another. It's all by design. Yeah, there was another dog with a, a dog called. Uh, I think the dog's name was Peaky, something like that. But he was like a little Jack Russell, and he he communicated with him, and he wanted him to um, knock down this portrait. There's a portrait on the wall, or you know, so the dog apparently just sat bolt upright, just run across, jumped up onto the back of a chair. And then up, up from the chair, like you know, it was only little. It was like mm. reaching up and scratching at this, scratching at his painting. Um, and again, you know, again, to me, it's so. These cases are, are they conclusive? Well, I'll, I'm going to say no because no. right. Okay. Well, I'm going to but say I mean, they, there's I'm, experiments yeah. that work, and there's experiments well, that are not conclusive. I would say they? that it's um, it's. More than coincidence, so let's let's call it that. But I mean, overall, Kaczynski's report said that there was six six hundred and ninety six of their experiments with mental suggestion to dogs were successful. Right. Okay. okay. But five hundred and twenty eight were not. So it's nearly fifty fifty. But even even fifty fifty is pretty good going, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. So because um, if you're mentally controlling any animal, the fact that you can do it proves it's real. You know what I mean? Even if you just do it once, I guess. Yeah. But um, so anyway, there was that. So I mean, like, what, what, I mean, if that is true, then I mean, to yourself, what would that prove? If telepathy exists, where well, is it coming from? I mean, there's plenty of experiments, and there's this, the the eighty seven percent experiment where they did this. Um, what they did, they got they got people who had dogs to, and they asked people, "Does your dog show any signs of um, acknowledging you're on your way home?" Before you before yeah. you should be on the way, yeah. kind of thing. So, for instance, say I come home at a certain time every night, and um, say I come home at six o'clock every night, yeah. which would be fucking nice, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah. But, um, not midnight. Yeah. So, then my dog might know at six o'clock at night, it's time for me to come home and start acting, you know, start yeah. running around the house, that kind of stuff. So, it, it could just be time related that. So, what they did, they did random stuff. So, they said to people, right, and they did this, they did this one experiment with a woman where she was. Uh, flying in and her flight mm. got delayed yeah so the dog gets up from its bed walks over to the door he's like 10 minutes before she's meant to land in the country Walk, walks up to the door sits at the door sits there for 10 minutes realizes whatever reason realizes that the owner's not coming home goes back to its bed 
an hour later, when the flight actually did land, it's scheduled to land at seven, it lands at eight, the dog gets up again, goes to the door, and sits by the door waiting for its owner to come back, and it stays there till she comes yeah. to the door, about half an hour later, or whatever, an hour later. Now, there's other experiments where they basically they film the house days on days on days, and they they show that the dog spends zero percent of its time waiting at the door. Right. Okay. So it's it's it does, um, you know, it does all the usual things. It runs around the house. It plays with toys. It, it you know it eats its food. It sleeps. Okay. But no point in the day does it go near the door, okay? But until the right. owner's about to come home. So what they did to this, they said to this owner, said, "Right, go and run some errands. Um, you know, random. Don't make it because this say it's a Saturday, so say she's not at work, so it's not it's not a usual you know time she's coming in and out." They said, "Choose a time when you want to go out and do your errands, and then come back after you finish your errands." So there's no way yep. the dog can know because it's not a regular thing. Um, and th- anyway, so the woman goes out. Say she goes out at like dinner time. She comes back at like quarter past three. So at three o'clock, five past three, the dog goes waits by the door. So it gets out of its bed, walks over to it. So it spent zero percent of its day by the door until so, three o'clock. Yeah. And then it spends up to 87% of its time waiting at the door yep. from three. And then obviously the woman comes up. So there's some sort of telepathic communication going on. Yeah, but not with a woman. Not with a woman. Because, but dog, again, she's not... She's not She's not sending a sign, yeah, but the dog, it's, the it's, dog's it's picking, picking up. up. Yeah. So the animals can pick up that frequency more better than humans. It does seem that way. Yeah, So, I mean, okay. there's, there's that, I mean that, these studies are doing... These have been done today. These, yeah. are, these are not... So, um, again, you know, I mean, could elaborate more on that. Yeah, we can. Another time, yeah. Um, but... So it, so it moves from animals, then it moves to humans. So they start finding psychics. Okay, people with... It have been proven, like in the local village, you know. These yep. are the, you know, so they start finding these, and they start trying to communicate between, send a, uh, a psychic message between two, to um, this is like like nineteen twenty eight, this kind of thing, and they they managed to send a couple of messages they believe between Moscow and uh, Leningrad, I think it was, I think it was about four hundred mile difference. Yep, just via psychic. Okay, um, so they start doing stuff like this, and then we get into the Cold War, and like I say, I think. The KGB really wanted to, uh, who had the secret police force of Russia at the time. At that time, still are. They really wanted to, um, well, they reckon they've been devolved now, don't they? But, yeah, yeah, um, yeah, I don't think so. They really wanted to um, get a ghost uh, for espionage purposes. They really wanted a spy, a mm. ghost that could be a spy. Okay, so this means controlling a ghost. So what they did, they, they looked for stories Um in and around Moscow of people who had poltergeists living in their house. And it just so happened that just northeast of Moscow, in a, a, a place what's called the Golden Ring, so there's a few towns yep. up there, and a town called Zeustown, Zeustown, something like there was an Letinov family who had reported having this poltergeist living in their house. Okay? But the, the thing is about this ghost, and again, you know, with poltergeists, you know, if you believe poltergeists and that, what generally takes place is um, increased activity can bring out a poltergeist and uh, renovations, that kind of thing. Yeah, which obviously open yeah. up a cellar or a basement, yeah, that, you know, yeah, knock a wall, yeah, yeah, and then that's it, it, whatever yeah. reason. So yep. this particular this particular family was supporting poltergeist activity, but it was centered mainly around the bedroom, the, the uh, husband and wife's bedroom. Okay. okay. So anyway, they get a knock on the door. And uh, the KJB are there. There's ten agents, and they say, "Right, we've heard reports of 
your house being haunted by a poltergeist. Now, these obviously imagine this family was shitting themselves yeah. at this point, you know what I mean? But uh, they said, no, no, don't worry, we want to investigate it. Uh, so they welcomed them in, and they stayed there for a few a few weeks. Yeah, right. And the the, uh, the spirit moved from the bedroom and started becoming active around the house, moving objects, blowing out candles, yep. all this kind of stuff, okay? So the KJB were photographing it, okay? And they reckon they got some photographs of it. There was books flying off, all this kind of stuff, which they reckon they photographed. Uh, but the family were not, never, still to this day, this was in 1968, still to this day, the family have never seen them photographs. Right, okay. okay, they've never been allowed to see them photographs that that that, that the KGB, and they, they must have got some because they stayed there a long while. Yeah, and this act- activity pe- like rarely picked up Peaked. while these guys were in the house. Anyway, so the, the, they weren't getting nowhere for this particular ghost. So they they got rumors that there was um, a ghost inside the uh, this inside the city walls, and I think it was actually in these Majesty's um, home. Okay, so they, wherever he lives, the castle or whatever. So the KJB moved their moved their operation there, and they set up cameras. And now there's a couple of videos which show ghosts, which yeah. they reckon they filmed at this time. Yeah. Um, and again, we can put them on the hangout so people can look at them if you want to look at them. Yeah. Uh, they'll be on there to look at. Now I'm skeptical at best of these videos because, but again, you know, because it's so good, you think it's bullshit. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, 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 well, this, this is where your trolls come in anyway. Yeah. Because they but, put bullshit but, in there. But is it because, you know. because it is too good, it looks like bullshit, but... Until you see it really actually happen when you're videoing yeah. it. You know, yeah, you that's say, it. Yeah. You can say, hang on, you know, I, I was there, I was videoing yeah. it, I was, I was it, filming it. it. And it's not bullshit. For whatever reason, it it, it makes me feel sceptical looking at it. But, right, but okay. that's from, I don't know why, it's just because it looks too good. But that seems like an oxymoron, doesn't it? Because you'd expect it to look good if it was real. Well, you know? I mean, we're, we're, what we're going back, 1968? 68, yeah. So the video in them t- days won't be that, what they Not are now great, today. But the videos are good. But right, okay. One particular KJB agent, now he won't be identified, he won't he won't give his name and all that, but he says that he he's, was part of this experiment. And it was his job to try and communicate with one of the portal guys. And what he did, he gave it a t- simple task to do, okay? So he, there was a, ch- uh, a dresser table in the room. Right. And inside the drawer, so you've got a, a you know, dresser table, it's got three drawers. Yep. Underneath the mirror and the middle drawer, he just put in every night. He'd put his watch in this drawer. Yep. And he'd ask the ghost to take out the the watch and place it on a table at the other side of the room. So he'd go to bed, and he said he'd hear noises. Um, and it took a while for the spirit to actually move the watch, but it did move the watch. Now it moved the watch into various other places around the room. Even one morning, he woke up to find the watch inside his pillowcase. Ah, right, okay. Okay, so mm. the room's shut off. Is anyone in there? He wakes up in the morning, the, the watch is inside his pillowcase. Now, that's pretty random, isn't it? And, yeah. And the fact that he never felt it during the night, it's a bit uh, strange. But it, I think it was six weeks, this experiment, he'd been in this room asking the same thing every night for this ghost. to do. After six weeks, the ghost eventually... Now, the, the ghost, um, again, there's footage of this yep and again it's whether up to you it's pretty good yeah, footage yeah. again it's up to you whether you believe it or not yeah. but um you actually he says he got it on film the ghost putting this watch taking the watch out the thingy and yep. actually placing it on the table okay okay so you see that i mean the other footage was in a hallway it was just a ghost walking down the hallway but again it's that good that it's you know 
questionable, which is stupid. But anyway, so months and months and months went by with this. And the problem was they had to give up in the end. The KGB gave up because the spirit was just too uncontrollable. Well, I can't understand how you can control the spirit. It's impossible. Yeah, because... There's nothing to gain. There's nothing for the spirit to gain. You you can't say to me, oh, you do this and that. I mean, you you don't do that, I'll kill you. Yeah. Or don't do that, I'm going to put you in prison. You know, it's going to laugh at you. You know, it's going to slap you about. That that being part of the problem, see, this was a one-way street. Yeah. Um, Unless the the spirit got... Or unless the entity, because no... Unless the entity got something out of it. Yeah, I was wondering... Well, I was thinking the only way, really, you could make the spirit do it is if it was a real patriot. And it wanted to do this for the good of the country, but um... no, it, it, I don't think so because I think it would have realised by then. But because it had been brainwashed and bullshit anyway. Yeah, you know? yeah, maybe. Yeah, when uh, it got to it, I think the only way you do it is if it's a really evil spirit. Okay, so the ghosts really weren't working, or control of the ghosts wasn't working. So they moved back into psychics. Okay, yep. so we we start looking at um, control psychics. Are they real? That kind of stuff, and they start looking at remote viewing. Right. Yeah, uh, and it's just the same time where the Americans were doing their remote viewing. Um, you know, there's the film, The Men Who Stare at Goats. Yep. Uh, that kind of stuff. So it's a similar time, similar things were going on. Now they got one lady who was a renowned psychic at the time called Nina Kulagina. Nina, Nina. So she should have a cartoon show, shouldn't she? But she, um, again, you know, there's quite a few videos of her doing uh, psychic experiments. Well, she's moving objects, okay? But she's moving objects. She, she normally says she put like an object on the table, say like um, a bottle top or something like yeah. that. And she'll put her hands within a couple of inches of it, uh, not touching it, but a couple of inches away from it, and she'll move move it with around and it almost looks like it's um sort of sort of magnetic field going right. on rather yeah. than okay rather than, yeah, to yeah. me looking at it but again you know there's quite a lot of um videos so i'll put some um videos on the hangout so people can look at it but one of the the good experiments she did now and again this was like you know when they see this it was like oh wow yeah, you know wow, with wow. the fucking holy grail here because she was able to control the heartbeat of a frog. Also, so they pinned the frog to the table. She put her hands over it, and she could reduce its heartbeat. In fact, she she uh, reduced it that much the frog died. Um, so again, they said, "Hang on a minute, can this be used on people?" Yeah. yeah? Did she bring the uh, frog back to life? Do we know? No, I don't think she did. I think. <laughs> oh, once it once yeah. it that's it, she couldn't actually restart her. No, again. I think oh, it worked. Oh, well. Yeah. So. Right, okay. So the KGB, that was pretty good because they wondered if they could use this to... Um, a weapon. As a weapon, exactly. Yeah, so okay. Now, some of the objects she was moving, just before I move on, was generally there was objects up to a pound, okay? So not a great deal of weight. And again, this I think it's more magnetic than anything else, what she was doing. Now, she did say she got... When she was doing this and uh, she was concentrating, and if you watch the video, she really is concentrating, um, she would get sharp pains, the severe pains in the spine. Yeah. Okay. So okay. it's like a nervous system thing, I yep. guess. And then um a heartbeat would race to about hundred and eighty beats a minute. So uh, and again this was a downfall later on because she actually uh, induced an heart attack doing this. So that's why she gave the thing up. Yeah. Um but that was in like, like the nineteen seventies. But they actually tried this experiment on a on a guy. They got a guy as a volunteer to be the guinea pig and she was able to slow his heartbeat and cause him severe pain and stop the experiment before they killed him. Yep. Um, but 
But again, you know, like I say, the problem was she, from doing this constantly, she basically gave herself a heart attack. So she had to give up. So they moved on to other psychics at that point. Now, what they wanted to do, the ultimate get, aim for this was to produce these handheld, uh, they call them psych, psych, psychotronics um, generators. Okay, so what they, they built, managed to build a massive one. Yeah. Um, uh, but they wanted to do handheld ones, uh, so they could give them all to their agents, and then be able to like 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 a ray gun, you know what I mean? Point at someone and induce a heart attack using this psychic energy. Now that they, they worked on a lot of these. Now there's a a guy called um, General Glukin, who was a former KJB general, who actually talks about this and says that they, as to his knowledge, they did get these working, um, and they did work. Right. So I'll just play that clip now for people to yep, listen to this listen to him talk about that obviously the soviet security services could not stay indifferent to those efforts to produce a new you know deadly or whatever mysterious weapon so they tried to explore the mysteries of uh, human power of other people and uh, simulate a generator of the same kind nature which produced a similar effect but uh, as far as I know, the military did produce something of, uh, of that nature. And according to my knowledge, it was very successful. Okay, so that's Kalukin then. So the problem, like I say, was that she induced an heart attack. So they moved on to another psychic. Now this guy was called Wolf Mensin. Now we could probably talk quite a lot about him. A full show on yeah, him yeah. because he, he, he yeah, did yeah. a lot of things. But just in brief, just here, because uh, obviously we're moving on. But... There was an experiment where he was meant to have met with Einstein and Freud, okay? And Einstein was a non-believer in his psychic abilities. Right. Okay, so so Freud said to him, right, he says, we want to do an experiment with you to see if if this really works. So he says, what I want you to do is I'm going to think of something. So they're all sat at the table, you know, sat there. I'm going to think of something, and then you carry it out. Uh, are you willing to do that? And he says, absolutely, let's try it. So they're sat at the table, and... He's just thinking this thought in his head. Freud's thinking this thought in his head. And then up steps Mensin, walks to the bathroom. So, excuse me, gentlemen, walks to the bathroom, goes in the bathroom cover, pulls out these tweezers, comes back, sits down on a chair, says, excuse me, Mr. Einstein, and plucks a hair out of his moustache, yeah? So Einstein, what the fuck, you know? But um, he says, oh, and uh, Freud starts laughing. He says, what are you laughing at, you twat? He says, well, that's exactly what I asked him to do in my head. Yeah. Um. So, again, you know... More Again, than coincidence, no, yeah? Yeah, there's no such thing as coincidence. I always say that, but it's true. Yeah. So, again, you know, he he got himself quite a few enemies, this Mensin, because he predicted the outbreak of war. Yep. Okay, he predicted the rise of Hitler. He predicted the uh, end of the war, and he predicted Hitler's death. Okay? So Hitler wasn't best pleased that he knew all this, uh, knew how the war would go and all the rest right. of it. Obviously, when he's saying, oh, yeah, Hitler's going to die, but, you know. So he actually put a 200,000 mark uh, bounty on his head. Right. He wanted this guy dead. Uh, now, Hitler was you know, obviously in, into the esoteric and all that. Yep. So, he, so he, he probably wanted him on his side, but for whatever reason, he didn't want the Russians to have him, and he really wanted to get rid of him. So, like I say, he really made some enemies at the time. But drew interest from the KGB because of this experiment, and also... Stalin wanted to use him as a secret weapon. Yep. Okay, so Stalin asks him to do. He says, "Look, if you want I, for this to work, we're going to need two 
to prove that it's true, it works, you know, and you're not just a fraud. So he gave him two tasks, which are almost impossible, to be honest with you, but he gave him two tasks. The first was to rob a bank. Right. Okay. Using his psychic, he couldn't go in there with a machine gun, you know? <laughs> yes. But he said, yeah, using your psychic abilities, you need to rob a bank. Um, and the second, well, I'll, give you the, I'll talk about the first first. So the first task is to rob a bank. So he, apparently this day, you know, he's watched by the KJB at all times. So they knew how he did it and all yep. that. So they had the guy in the bank watching him, observing him. And apparently he walked into the bank and all he brought with him was a blank piece of paper. He put the blank piece of paper down on the uh, counter and he looked directly at the teller and he projected into the teller's mind that this was a check for a hundred thousand um what's the rubles rubles yeah um hundred thousand rubles so he he gives the check that the the teller lifted the blank piece of paper up looks at it says one second sir goes to the uh, vault pulls withdraws his money comes and gives it him back uh and then says have a nice day and he just walks out the bank and a kjb guy's there looking at him what the fuck just happened you know but he did it you know blank piece of paper that was it so that was task one and he did it so they gave him a second task, okay? And this one was, again, almost impossible. And this was to get into Stalin's private bunker. Okay, so now you're talking about a military complex, basically. Yeah. So you've got guys on the gate, you've got guards inside, then you've, and you've got servants inside. Now, they're all former secret agents yep. as well. Yep. So they're not just, you know, um, people off the street. They're, they're all, you know... They're in a circle. <clears throat> so this day, he walks up to the bunker, walks straight past the guard on the gate, looks at him. The guard doesn't move, just nods him, lets him walk on, walks straight in, walks past another two guys on the outside of the gate, uh, walks inside, asks where he's going, to one of the secret servants, you know, servants yeah. where, which word is going, he says, oh, that's theirs, didn't question him, walks past another guy on, on the landing, walks right up to... Um, Stalin's door, and there's another guy stood there, and he thinks, and that guy moves away. Actually, gives they, they talk about him. The, the guards actually gave him a respect, respectful distance, yep. moved away from him, you know. Um, anyway, then they knocked on the door. Stalin says, Come in, and he, he opens the door, and Stalin's blown away. How the fuck did you get in here? So they have a conversation, and he says, How did you get in here? And, and he says, I did. Only one thing. And he said, what was that? He said, I just projected into the minds of the guards and the servants that he was the head of the KGB, okay, which was um, a no-no. You don't never, ever question this guy, right. okay? Yeah. A lot of them didn't know what he looked like, and he was that revered and secretive and respected at the same time that if they thought it was him, they would never, ever question him, okay? Mm. Yep. So... <clears throat> So again, you know, that's a bit of a security concern in itself. That, the fact that you can have someone you can't question, you don't even recognise him, but you can't question him. You know, at the same it time, could have been so, a hitman or anything. Couldn't so it? it would be nice for him to have known what he looked like, and then that this might not have happened. But um, getting back to the psychic uh, psychotronics generators again, these were handheld, going to be handheld objects, yep. and apparently, like I say, uh, Klukin said they did get this working, but the um, size of a walkie-talkie, that kind of thing. And you should be able to carry it in your pocket and then point it at someone and cause these things. Now, they reckon that some of the um, side effects from using this thing at people, so they reckon it did work, and it was stuff like uh, illness, memory loss, uh, like hyperactivity, 
Yeah. Uh, you know, um, that sort of thing. And obviously, heart attacks was the main thing. Now, do you reckon they got this working? Now, that all being said, right, the end of the Cold War, so 1991, I think, there was an arms agreement, uh, you know, you... you uh, Get rid of this. We'll get rid of this. That yep. sort of shit. Yeah. But there was no nothing in the agreement that dealt with psychic weapons. Well, they won't. It won't come out, would it? They no. Won't, they so release so, that. So it's not. Bot, so it's not on both sides. But yeah. there was no nothing in there that dealt with this. So as far as we know, this has never stopped in Russia. Uh, this is still ongoing. Mm. And then we got the, like we got like you know in America we got the Montel project. Yeah. And all this. All so we know we know it's just you know and it's grown as well and evolving as well. MK Ultra. So it's yeah. so it's obviously going on both sides. Well, we, know, we, we also know Tesla was involved as well, don't we? Nikola Tesla with Einstein and the great ones as well. Yeah, the, again, the great minds. So this is going on on, on I don't both think sides. Einstein the great mind, but that's that's my view. Up to now, I. It, it it could still be going on today as well. Yeah. You know, that's where yeah. the, where I can leave it. But that's the story of um, again, like I say, that Wolf Mensing. We can really there's quite a lot to do about his story. We could probably look into. But I mean, that's the general overview about how the Russians tried to control ghosts and failed and failed. Yeah, because the ghosts cannot be controlled. Correct. Um, at this present moment, well, uh, you know, I cannot see ever control an entity, and I would not trust. No. Them, because you don't know what who they are and what they are, because they can so, club themselves as well. They can say they can say they can come out over as a little child and everything's lovely, dovely, but that could, in there could be a a nasty, evil thing that wants to kill and maim and mm. not trustworthy. And that's it. And that's maybe that's thing. what they found. Maybe you don't want to really give these spirits uh, your secrets anyway, because no. you, you know because they yeah. could be working for the other side if it, if this is true, because yeah. both sides are doing it. So, but anyway, that's that. So. Hope you enjoyed today's show. Yes. Uh, stay tuned for the outro. Yes, um, you love the outro. It's a, yeah, it's a little bit of a... We just put a, bit, a few bits together, didn't we? Yeah. yeah. Little, not, little. Lots of few bits together. And, yeah. yeah. So there's that. And uh, thank you for listening. Subscribe. Definitely sus- subscribe. And, Tell a friend. Uh, yeah. Uh, get in touch with us either email, dbtlpodcast at gmail.com. Yeah. Uh, via get, the website. Get them to hang out. Come and uh, say hello to us. Yeah, yep. just go uh, on Facebook yeah. and search Don't Break the Oath podcast, Paranormal Hangout. That's where we are. And, uh, and uh, come and say hello. Alright, thank you for listening, and we'll see you next week. Houston, we have a problem. Houston, we have a problem. Life, Jim, but not as we know it, not as we know it, not as we know it. It's life, Jim, but not as we know it, not as we know it. Have to